This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. We're in Shriyat Sa'amah. I'm just looking with Sephartim. I'll just bang on everyone's head. Oh, there it is. Okay. All right, so, good evening, everyone. Um, we're going to talk about Sriyasa Omer. So the question is like this. Let's talk about Sriyasa Omer. What's Sriyasa Omer? The counting of the Omer. Where does it talk about the counting of the Omer? What parsha? Anyone know? This week's parsha. Parsha's Emor. Vaydam Hashem HaMoshe Lemor. Daber. When you come into the land, you come into Eretz Yisrael. You're going to harvest. You're going to bring the oymer the first. So this was done. Matzei, the first night. The first Eretz Yisrael is only one day Pesach, right? So during Eretz Yisrael, so the the Matzei Yantif, the first day, they would go cut it and they would bring the carbon the first day Cholamayim. Okay. The day after Shabbos. Now it doesn't mean Shabbos. It means the, the day after Yantif. The Tzedukim went to the Shabbos. That's why they always messed up. But, okay, you feel a kind of Yeah, but I see some people because the Oymah Kevash Tavah, they brought a carbon. You couldn't eat anything until that day, the new harvest. You weren't allowed to eat anything. Um, you weren't allowed to eat any of the new crop until this carbon oymah was brought. Now, where we have serious oymah is the big pasuk. This week's parsha, pasuk tezvav, perichol gimel. Usifat alechem yimachla Shabbos, and you should count from the day after Shabbos. Again, doesn't mean Shabbos means the first day of Yantif. The day that you brought the Oymer, Shabbat Shabbat seven full weeks, and if you count that, on the 50th day, that is Shavuos. So Shavuos doesn't have a day in the Torah of what day of what month, doesn't say that, right? But it says you should count it from the Omer. So it seems to be there's some connection with the Omer and Shavuos. There's a connection between, right? So the question is, why, why is it called Sfiras Omer? The Omer was brought already. We're not counting to the Omer. The Omer wasn't brought on Shavuos. The Omer was brought on Pesach. So it's the starting of the counting. Right. So what's this counting? What's the counting? Once after the, the Omer was brought, you could eat. What's this, what's the, why, why, would it, why would the Torah tell us you have to count 49 days, and on the 50th day is for us. There seems to be a reason for this. We don't count between, we don't count between, uh, Sukkis and, uh, and Pesach. So, a very beautiful shot. We just lost the, uh, wow, this is like very complicated. <laughs> it's high tech. High tech, high tech. We're into high tech. We're into high tech. Let me talk, let me turn off my high tech phone. A high-tech phone. It's ringing in the middle of the shear. In the middle of the shear. Good? Right, the high-tech is back up. Better? Yeah. Okay. So, so what's going on over here? 
What's the name of the Sefer? I wrote it down. I wrote it down. Sefer Shem Amro. Sefer is called the Be'er Yosef, which was what was was written by Rav Salant. So he says the following: beautiful pshat, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful pshat. He says that when they came into Eretz Yisrael, right? So it was the fifteenth, the sixteenth, and they they brought the Omer. So he says like this: He said when they came into Eretz Yisrael, the mitzvah. They had gotten for 40 years the man. Right? The man had a special halacha that you could not leave over anything it would rot. Now, the only place, other place in the Torah that it uses the word omer, let's go back to the man. When Christ forgot the man. Alright, what was the measurement? It was the measurement. It is. They didn't know what it was. They call it manhu. The word manhu mem nun hevav al spells amuna because it doesn't make sense. They call it man because they didn't know what to call it. So why would you call it man? If you know what to call it, why'd you call it man? You could have called it an orange, right? Manhu, because they didn't know what it was, manhu. It was considered man, the same letters of Amuna, Aleph, Vav, Hey, right? Backwards. So that's that the whole man was lechem of, of the, of the Mamanusa, like matzah, like, like lechem of, 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 of Amuna. Each man should collect according to what he needed to eat. Omer, So we have the word Omer again. Okay? On Friday, you got the double. So we see that the word Omer is used by the, by the month. So the Svirah Sa Omer, he says, beautiful. He says, because they had crazy amuna every day because if you didn't get mon that day you had nothing to eat so the reason Hashem why, why don't you just give it to you on Sunday and then leave it over and eat it all week so Hashem wanted you to come to him every single day every single day your mon, your old mon in the morning had worms in it you couldn't eat it you had to depend on him so now they're going into Eretz Yisrael and now they're going to plant and they're going to forget about that and they're going to think I planted, I plowed, I harvested, I did the pesticide. I, ah, look what I did. Shem says, you can't eat any food, any of the, any of your harvest, until you bring the carbon omer. You should remember the other thing that was the omer, which was the man. Then once you bring the carbon omer, then you can start eating food. It's a very big challenge. This week alone, this week alone, I, uh, I didn't get to meet him yet, but this guy became very wealthy, and he went off the dark right after he became wealthy, because uh, now he's independent. And who made you wealthy, Mishra? You know, he went off the derech for. Who made you help? So people. Someone once said, "Why is there only one God, Hashem Echad? Because no one else wants the job. Why does anyone else want the job? Because when people do well, they take the credit for themselves. When people don't do well, they blame Hashem. It's not a very thankful job." God. But that's what that's what it's saying over here. It's saying over here that 
that the Omer was a Svirasa Omer. To get the Matan Torah, you have to come to realization that nothing is Kachemari to me. It's all from Hashem. So we work ourselves from Pesach. The reason we don't count the first day of Pesach for, for, because we don't want to mix Pesach with Shavuos. Pesach itself is a very big miracle. Hashem wants you to celebrate the first day of Pesach and then do the connection to, to, um, to Shavuos. But that's why it's called Tzvirasa Omer. We count the Omer every day. We say count the Omer. Hayom Yom Rishon Omer, right? Hayom Yom Sheni. So every single day you mention the word Omer. When you mention the word Omer, you're supposed to think of the month because the month was called Omer. And therefore you think every single day when you mention the Omer, oh my gosh, it's not me. It's like the month. You came out of your house and that's where it, whatever you deserve, that's where it was. Right? And you couldn't leave it over. So that Imuna is something that you have to count, you have to build until you get to Machos of the Machos. It's a very nice thought. It's a very nice shot. Okay. Let us talk about um, start learning about Shavuos not that far away we'll start with the Kabayashar and then we'll go to if we have a chance we'll go to Dabar HaMelech um, who was born and died on Shavuos okay let's see what the Kabayashar has to say from the love of God we Yisrael because Hashem loves us Tziva he commanded the only Yadif in the Torah that doesn't have a date, when Kippur says the tenth day, which Hashanah says the first day, right? The only day that doesn't have a date is Shavuos. Shavuos, for some reason, doesn't have a date. It's just 49 days, right? Actually, 50 days after, um, after, after, the, after the first night. After the first night of Cholomite, or, or here in America, after the second Seder, right? So, why doesn't it have a date? Why don't you just tell us what day to make Shavuos? What do you have to count and count the 49th and the 50th? He says the following. He commanded us to count 49 days. It's the 50th day. When the Jews were in Mitzrayim, they were swallowed up, they were lost in the Klippa of Memtes Shari Tumah, in the 49 levels of Tumah. Had they been there another day after the 15th day of Nisan, we'd all still be. He took us out for freedom. This is very interesting because. I asked a question to my class and I stumped them. We'll see if anyone here can figure it out. If you're on the 49th level of Tumah, and on every day, between Pesach and Shuas, you go up one level. By Shuas, what level are you on? Hello, you guys, you, know, you, you do math, right? Even. You're even! Zero. Zero. So how'd you get to the 49th level of Ketusha? Everyone was watching, just like, ooh, never thought of that. You left Mitzrayim in the 49th level of Tumah. Every single day you traveled, you got rid of one of those, you stepped up. Okay, so you came from the 49th level of Tumah and you got to zero. That's why we count the Omer, because every day it doubles in Ketusha. So therefore, we count the Omer. 
Why is it double in Kedusha? Because since we're counting Omer, we're getting ready for the Matan Torah, so therefore we're making... They came out of Mitzrayim. They, got, they came out of Mitzrayim, they were on the 49th level, so now they got up a little bit of that, now they're at the, the zero. They should have done another 49 days, and then they would have been on number 49. Oh, each level is Fantas- what? Each level is independent. You could be on one level of Kedusha and have 48 levels of Torah. Each level is independent of the level that's, that's after. You could be on the 49th level of Kedusha and on the 49th level of Torah at the same time? No. Have one, have, have one period that you still have to work on. Yeah, but then you, if you're on the 49th level of Torah and you got rid of that Torah, then the 48th level of Torah, you get rid of that Torah, and you got to the finally to the, to the 49th step. You're, you, you, you're in the basement you climb now you're on the main floor but that's it you're on the main floor there's no there's no evil good if you every day of Torah off there's more day of Kedusha on how is that? maybe because you don't do you you do Kedusha too you don't get a now. once you get rid of all your Torah eh, then you can start your Kedusha Kedusha's already there how's it there? you this guy there's no good okay Explain. If you're on the 49th level of Toma and you do Tshuva, are you on the 49th level of Kedusha? You got rid of all your Toma. Nechar. Nah, you're not on the 49th level. So you happen to be right. Not the way you said it exactly. You happen to be right. The thing that we don't realize is that when you when you I think he was saying it, there's a parallel step when you step out of a, of a when you step out of a Tumor at the same time you're stepping into a Kedusha so like the story I told you about the guy who put on the Tillin and then he, his whole life changed the story I paid a guy whatever was the whole story right? so, so here every step you take out of the Tumor you're taking a parallel step in the Kedusha so you're going up 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 up, 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 up. When you finally get even on this side, you're on the 49th on this side. That's a matana that Hashem gave us. I hear what you're saying. You're saying something very deep. If I, if I don't have any tumor, so aren't I in the highest level of Kedushin? No, I don't think so. You're, 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 you're tahar. You're tahar. But you're not on the 49th level of Kedusha. Right, so they work. That's what we're saying. They work, in, they work with each other. Okay. Anyway, so... We do seven weeks like a need, like a woman with a nida. She says, "First shiva, you may nikiyum nidas." Like that, she she has to clean seven. She has to she has to count seven clean days. So Klaisro was tamei, and we mamash like a nida, and we had to count for seven nikiyum. Seven times seven is forty-nine. Then you tar to the to the to the husband. That's how you throw us in the midbar. The Jewish nation as a nation had that locha of a nida from the klipa of Mitzrayim. And they had to count seven weeks. Okay. The Ismaelis Rava and the Medrava says in Rishis Rava, whenever it says we're tamim. It means seven times seven. JMM test number which is forty-nine. is Yavu Kli the Matan Torah. Hayim Mitzvahs Hagbala. We'll talk about that in a different shear. Why it was so important. Three days before we got the Torah, Hashem separated us on another separation. They put a fence around Har Sinai, 
No animal, no person was allowed to touch Hasinah. Well, Yisrael Mitaras Asman, well, Yisrael Mitaras Nabala Achar, okay. We are Achar Mishim on the 50th day. Zok Yisrael Likaras Bishar Chavishim Shari Bina. We went into the 50th. What is the 50th step? The highest step is Bina. This is very, this is, this is a little bit Kabbalah. The 50th step is the Eitzachayim, not the Eitzadas, the Eitzachayim that is in the garden. Now, I saw in a Sefer, Hashem told him, you can't eat from the Eitzadas, and you can't eat from the Eitzachayim. What was the Eitzachayim? What was it? If you eat from it, you'll never die. Right? What's the Eitzachayim? So, it was the Torah before it was given to us. Because, there's a whole schmooze on this, because he had no right, so, so it's the Torah, why couldn't he, right? Because we had to come as a nation and say, now it's a So he couldn't take from the Eitz Hadas, whatever it is, and, and I don't know what that means, Eitz Hadas, Eitz Hachayim, but we know, you know, you call the Eitz Hachayim the word in the... In, the the secretary, the handle is called Eitzchayim. It's called. So, but the Eitzchayim was actually the Torah was planted. So it wasn't given to us yet, but it was planted in Gan Eden. He says, "Zochli Yisroeli Kanet Kishachemishim Shashari Bina." What is that? Eitzchayim Hashem B'Tachagon. Rav Kiyesh Deidei has talked to the leather Yeshua. There's an argument between the leather Yeshua. Even Nisan Nivrayalam or Betishrei Nivrayalam. Whether the world was created in Nisan or in Tishrei. Be'lamah, Be'lamah, Sviulay, the poil of Nisan Nivrayalam. So Hashem's thought process was to create the world in Nisan. That's why we count the seventh month, we count from Nisan, not from Tishrei. So if you're counting the holidays, and Nisan is the first month, and makes Pesach the first holiday. Chagashvuas is the middle holiday. Chagashvuas is the last holiday. In Kain, Lama Nikrashvuas, Eitz Chaim Shemitachagan. And then why is Shvuas being called Eitz Chaim Shemitachagan? It's not the middle one, it's the first one. Vishu Emsoi. Vishu Emsoi. Because Shvuas is Taka the second one, and Pesach is the first one. Shukas is the third one. Shvuas is the second one. So that's why it's called Eitz Chaim Shemitachagan. It's the one that's in the middle. Chagishuos is, is, is the Torah, the written Torah. That's what I was given on that day. He says on the bottom here, very interesting, that the Chidot says that ain't suffix should be meha fresha elu that when we separated these days, nimtulem lisrol shaydis vinyanim nifloim. The, all the Jews have like understood Kabbalah and all the secrets Mo'ayim. and it brings down he says listen to this Neudit listen to this he explains to Dayenu I never understood this Dayenu I never understood this Dayenu what's the whole reason we left there we left Mitzray and we say what forget what guys wake up I'm tired but you shouldn't be so tired right forget the Torah so we're all sitting Pesach night if you would have brought us to Hasinai, but you didn't give us the Torah, Dayenu. So then why did we come to Hasinai? Why did we leave Mitzrayim? That's the last one. The last Dayenu. If you would have brought us to Hasinai and you wouldn't have given us the Torah, it would have been good enough. 
Oh yeah, really? Just sitting at Har Sinai, what? Looking at a mountain? The whole reason we left there, the whole reason everything happened was to get to Tyra. So how did you end Ayanu by saying if we got to the, if we got to Har Sinai and when they got the Torah, it would have been good enough. What's going on over here? This is beautiful. What? What? Yeah, but you say, had we not, had we got stuck there, it would have been enough. Wouldn't have been enough. We wouldn't have gotten the Torah. How would have been enough? So he says the following. He says, He says, Every holiday, every single year, this is something that's brought down in many, many Mephorshim that, and Rabbi Pinchas always talked about this, but on Pesach, the, the history of leaving Mitzrayim, it happens again, you leave Mitzrayim. On Purim, it, it comes into this world, that moment, because don't forget, Hashem's world has no time. So on Purim, it's really Purim. And on Hanukkah, it's really Hanukkah. It's not a memory of... It is. So he says that just like in those times of uh, when we got to Torah, they were separated for three days. And they got all these lights and secrets revealed. So therefore, they are, those three days are the sugal to be tahar, for anava, achtos. He says, therefore, what we're saying is if you would have brought us to our Sinai, and you wouldn't give us the Torah, we would have had those three days, we would have, by osmosis, learned so much, we wouldn't have needed to get the Torah. That's how it answers the dynamic. So you mamash, we live, and that's why when I say, um, Shuas night, Mr. Shem, I hope to learn it with you guys before Shuas. Um, Shuas night, after Tikkun Leil Shuas, there is a Kisuva and Tanaim that God wrote to Clyde's from. He wrote a suva like you write to your wife. It's an amazing suva. It was written in Kabbalah, and when you learn it, your mama start crying. She promised on that, and, and it's like, you know, by Tanayim, so each parent has to have someone ta- sign that they take responsibility to pay for the wedding. So it's like Hashem has Shemayim Ba'arat signing. It's very cool. But Mishim, I hope to learn it inside. All right. Anyway, let's go on. Okay, this is a very deep Kabbalah. We don't need to learn this. Hashem wants to show His love for Israel compared to all the other nations. And He gave us the man in the midbar. Now, the carbon that we brought the first day of Cholomite the carbon of Oymer was made out of barley, not wheat. Everything else, like Hamapanim, all the minchas, you never brought barley. Why? Barley is a very cheap grain that's fed to animals, not humans. We put it in the chillant now a little bit, whatever it is, but barley is what, it's an animal feed, not a human feed. So the question is, why would you bring a carbon of barley? Why not of wheat? Every carbon in the base of meat is of wheat. Why would you bring a carbon of barley? There is one other carbon. There's one other carbon in the Torah that was done with barley. Anyone here know what it is? 
Shaita. If a guy warns his wife not to go into a room with a man, and they go into the room, and he suspects her of doing an Aveira, so she had to drink water, a certain water, and she had to bring a carbon of barley for forgiveness. Why would Jews have to bring barley the day after the day after Pesach? What's going on over here? He says the following. Hashem commanded us to bring barley as a carbon. This is Zayar. God is checking us out. The carbon with this carbon of Baali. Kedin Saita, like we're a Saita. Shaviyu Kabana Macho Behema. Because the Saita brought a carbon, the, 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 a carbon made out of food that's for an animal. Ketu Kaj Bokhlavi Kabin Tarim, he told us to bring Kabin Tarim. Why? Alahash, I think we throw Nasim Nishma. But now that we said Nasim Nishma, Ishtachu Kulum Zakam, and we're all Zakam, innocent. So, Kulok Yafi, as he said, right, that, we, that we're beautiful, we don't have a mom, right? So, therefore, it's called the Mincha Kanal, and we are considered like a Saita that's found out that she is Tahar. Maybe we do. The Christ will come to Shvuas and we're 100% Tahar. Alright, now, there's so much Kabbalah here that. And why, 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 why do we have to do this? Because we were in Mitzrayim and we went through this whole thing with the Saita, with the, with the, with the Klippa. We had to show by the time that we got to Shruish, to Har Sinai, that we were not, what's a Saita? The Saita is suspected of, of being with other men. So we were on the men test. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't, our Avera that we did in Mitzrayim, we didn't assimilate. The Avera that we did in Mitzrayim was that we served the Avoid Zara. So every Avoid Zara is like another, is like another man. Adultery. So at the time we got to the Mount Torah, we got rid of all of our Avoid Zara. Now you're going to ask me how the Eagle happened. If you, if that's what happened, how the Eagle happened. So, we learned that the eagle didn't happen with Chayish, well, the eagle happened with the Erevrat. But you learn from that, you can get all the way to the top, you can fall, you have to be very careful. Be very, very careful, even when you get to the top, look what happened, the day, the, 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 they got to this, this holy, holy place, and they ended up serving the eagle. Okay, so, I learn this every year, and I, this is very, very important. Um, he says the following, and this is a guarantee that you'll live through the year, which there's no, there's nothing in the world, there's nothing in the Torah, there's nothing outside the Torah that can guarantee you that you're going to live out, that you're going to live another year. There's no guarantee, right? There's a guarantee here. The Kabbalah brings it down. Listen carefully. I came, therefore. It is right for any person who fears God. She yilmud kalalayla that he should learn the whole night. Shochag shvuas. Kifiyatikun shechibur tamid ha'ari. He should follow the tikun that the arizal wrote. Vayasku b'torim nevim b'ksuvim u'shnayis. By yourself, a tikun leil shvuas. It takes about three and a half hours to read it, from beginning to end. It has chumash, it has navi, it has ksuvim, it has gemara, it has mishnah, it has zayar, 
it takes about three and a half hours to read it. It's it's written in a way that there's Torah, Navi, and Suva, Mishnais, and Maimari Hazayah. Everybody stays up the first night. I like to stay up both nights. Because the first night, everyone's up. But in the second night, in Eretz Yisrael, nobody's up. Because the second night in Eretz Yisrael is not Shavuos. So if you're up in America on the second night, you're the only one up in the world on the second night of Shavuos. What? Yeah, people stay up both nights. Both nights. But in Australia, Australia stay up both nights. No. Right. So it's good to stay. He said, "Here, Yesh, Ayimrim, Lashes, Atikim, Mishnei, Leilush, Shulis." You should stay up both nights. It's a very big thing. The Ashrei Yesh Hashayatzkus Ois. The man that does this should be benched. Ubitzaruah Dulasata by staying up all night. Who Moerik Tushes Elyon Lischar Biyichin Elyon. He causes in the next world. A chabura, a, a, a connection. So he says on the bottom here. I'm going to read it to you. This is this is like there's a machlekes. Does it mean you're going to live till from Shavuos to Rosh Hashanah? It says you're going to live out the year, right? Does it mean you're going to live from Shavuos to Rosh Hashanah, or does it mean that you're going to live from Shavuos to Shavuos? They bring a raya that the zayar means that you're going to learn, you're going to live from shuvah to shuvah. Somebody that I knew very well died, and he was like a very big tzaddik. And I asked his son, "Did your father stay up shuvah night?" For sure, this man stayed up shuvah night. He was like a big tzaddik, and he said, "You know, it's a crazy thing that you're asking me that." My father wasn't feeling well, and after the meal, he just asked if he could lay down for like a few minutes. And he fell asleep for an hour, and then we woke him up, and he went to learn. But the Zerah says, you can't even close your eyes for a second. So that year that he passed away, he Taka was sick, and he, he slept for an hour. Here's what he says. In the previous generations, the, the holy people, like having Nami Bahailela, they didn't, um, what's Nami, they didn't, like, nod off. And they stayed up all night, they learned. Come on! Any guy who stays up the whole night shuvus, and he it's guaranteed that he'll live kol shatah that whole year. Not only will he live there a year, but he'll have a peaceful year. Anyone who's together with the shchina by learning, he's sort of dressing Hashem in jewelry. Whatever that means by learning, he'll be watched up there, ulamata down here, and he will live through the year in peace. You're not allowed to sleep at all. You should be up all night. Anyone who doesn't sleep this night, cloud at all. Not even one minute. And he's learning. Staying up a whole night, you know, you see the kids, they go out, they have a drink, they have a cookie, they have a watermelon, they go out, they go for a walk every 10 minutes, go for another walk, they'll talk outside, they'll talk inside. That's not what he says here. He says, not one minute of Bithel Torah. I mean, of course, you got something to eat, make a bracha, but you can't be talking to anybody, and you can't be wasting time. He says, anyone that says, 
Mishla Yishim Alayla Zayis Chal. If a person doesn't sleep this night at all, a few rega echad even one minute, you Oisik b'Torah Kol Alayla, and he'll be Oisik in Torah whole night. Muftachlo, it is guaranteed. She Yashlim Shnasai that he will finish his year. And he, nothing will hurt him that year. Not only that, the way your year is going to be is connected into how Shavuos night is. You have a good Shavuos night, you have a good year. You don't have a good Shavuos night, you won't have a good year. He doesn't sleep at all. He says, I guarantee you, you will not die that year. And he brings down the shla, Hashem loves it if you don't even dremel. How do you say dremel in English? You don't nod off. Like you don't even go like this. Like that you're up the whole night learning. Because if you're going, if you're getting married, it's not really would be very nice if you're under the chuppah and you know. And you're like, okay, could you, oh, you give her the ring? Hello? Shabbat brachas. Hello? What? You've taken pictures of something like that? Like, what? What are you saying? No, you can't fall asleep under your chuppah. No, it's not a good thing. Not a good start to a marriage. So he says, he says, if he's saying, okay, you shouldn't even doze off for one second. It's vacant, you shouldn't talk that night. Okay, we don't hold like this. He says you shouldn't talk that night English. You should only talk Lashon Hakodesh. It's a big night, but you definitely shouldn't talk about business or Trump or anything else or the Yankees. Okay. And he says that you should you okay, this is hard not a lot of people okay, this I shouldn't really say this because he says you should say Tikkun Lel Shvuas. Umashikam before I'm gonna say it because it's written here. Umakam before Bazar Kadush the Tikkun Lela Zul Male Barais and Return Lavino Vivik Zulim that that the tikkun that night is to learn Taira, Naviyim, and Naviyim to Ksuvim, and Ksuvim to Drashais, and then you should not learn anything else that night, not tomorrow, nothing else, until you finish taking Katsais. That's what he says. I, of course, a lot of people sit there and they're learning Gemara whole night. It's fine. It's fine. But he says over here, first, first say the Tikkun. The problem is that if you, if you don't read very fast, it's your whole night. It's pretty much from when you get here until Shachar's. So then you can't learn anything else. So some people I know they say Tikkun the first night, they learn Gemara the second night, or Gemara the first night, and they learn, uh, and they say Tikkun the second night. But according to him, you have to say the Tikkun. He said that's the most important thing. Why? Because that was the Chabur of Shimba Yechai. His whole Chabur, that's what they were doing. Okay. And at particular time, you're supposed to say Tikkun Chatzois? That night. It's not Tikkun Chatzois. No, no. It's not Tikkun Chatzois. Tikkun Lil Shvuas. Uh uh. Not taking chatzoi. Taking chatzoi doesn't take four hours. So taking little shuvah, so you can say it any time of night. So you can say it by It takes four hours. You you can start it. You say that, and you say it over there later. Say by the suda. Say by the suda. I don't know if that's really. uh, You could. 
but you don't really start till 12. You start, when do you start? 11.30? It take you four hours, like 3.34, in the middle you have to go to the bathroom, you have to go outside for a couple of, some air, and you have to take a drink and a coffee and this and that. I'm telling you, I'm fast, and I, it usually takes me a whole night. And then afterwards, there's Shir Hashirim, there's other things you say. Oh. Pretty much takes a whole night. You can't even get a Russian What? You don't know the language so well. Do you still gain? If you say it in Russian language? Yeah, this is something you don't have to understand every word. You have to just say it, to read it. It's better if you understand it, of course, but you should read it. What are you getting from It has just a certain kedusha that night. You're saying, psukim from Chumash, psukim from Navi, psukim from Ksuvim, Mishnayis. You also say all 613 mitzvahs you read. It's, it's long. You can buy it in any bookstore. It's called Tikkun Lashuvs. They don't have it with English translation, I don't think. Um, now, he says the following. Listen to this. He brings in the Ramami Pano. That's our second day of Shuiz. In actuality, the Torah was not given on the Shuiz that they keep in Israel. The Torah was not given on the 50th day. The Torah was given on the 51st day. But the Torah says, we count from Pesach 49 days, and on the 50th day, we got the Torah. No, what happened was, Moshe Benu asked Hashem if we could have one extra day to prepare. So Hashem actually gave us the Torah on the 51st day. So actually, when everyone stays up the first night of Shuiz, it's not the night we got the Torah. So the guys who stay up the second night, they're the ones who chop it. That's what he's saying over here. According to Rabbi Yaisi, Moshe added a day. But, he says, Only if you think you can dive in the next day, but if you can stay up two nights, we'll be able to dive with the minion. Or, are you going to fall asleep in the middle of davening? So there are people... It's probably really the best way to do it, but I can't do it. There are people that stay up all night till davening, then they go to sleep, then they get up for the regular davening. Because a lot of the guys, if you turn around by davening, the guys are up all night. The by laning, they're all like they're all sleeping. They miss the whole laning. So the real right way to do it, but I, I, I wouldn't be able to just lay down for two hours. Let's say it's five thirty, we finish at six, and davening at nine. If I slept for three hours, I'd be like, I don't, I don't think I'd be in a good place. So I just. Tr- Usually by the time we start shakas, I'm, so, I'm so overtired. You're so overtired that you don't that you that you don't fall asleep. But if you're going to fall asleep by Domini, you sh- you should you should go to sleep and get up three hours later. You should not you should not. That's what he's saying. You should not miss Domini, miss a main, miss one astray. You see a lot of kids are their heads are on the table the whole Domini. That's not correct. That's not correct. Okay. I didn't even know those names. What? So I didn't even know those names. That's not funny. <laughs> you didn't know Agdamus? You didn't remember Agdamus? By Duchening, by Duchening, we, um, we don't sing. So, yeah, in certain sh- don't say that we so, so, last year, people were like, why don't you sing? I'm like, I don't know, because it's the first minion. They're like, we need a bracha, sing. We sing. Most, sh- a lot of shul, like with Shomer Shabbos, they sing. You're talking about when they, when they say they're in between the... When, by duchening the first morning, you're up a whole night. Right. So people are a little nervous, a little in a rush. So because of that, we didn't that's need to sing. The reason is because you're not dreaming. 
And that whole thing is based on dreams. Hmm. I never heard that. That's what I heard. I don't know. That's why we don't sing. And say the whole, the whole why don't you? Why don't, I, I'm, the, I'm the client. I'm the client. So, oh, you, you, the reason you don't. The reason you don't. Okay, what Shabbos? The whole reason why you Shabbos. What's that? Shabbos, you don't sing. Right. But Shabbos, you dream. So why don't you there's, sing? There's why because they're tachnunim. You don't say tachnunim on Shabbos. You don't say tachnunim on Shabbos. That's why. That's an interesting. I thought. I thought of that. You didn't dream that night. Okay, but it's for all your other dreams also. Till then. Maybe, I don't think so. You're saying you didn't hear that, you didn't go to sleep. I didn't hear that was the reason for... Nah, I was just in a rush that morning to get to the davening. Okay. I didn't read it here. I didn't bring it with me. We're going to talk a little bit about this. Um, There's a girl that I know that's in in a very dark place. She's far away in a rehab and she was really went through terrible trauma and she's there already four and a half months and I didn't I wanted to read I'll read it to you I'll read it for you Mitzvah Hashem next week so she wrote a poem and in the beginning of the poem she's very angry at Hashem how he let this happen to her and at the end of the poem she like totally turned you see you see the pentalid you see the kayach of people ask me like right Wasting you deal with all this stuff and all this trauma how do you how do you sleep at night? And my answer is, I more than anyone else see that you can't destroy Neshama. I've seen people go through so much and they still believe in Hashem. That's a very big physic. You cannot destroy a Jewish soul. Um, so anyway, she's in this very dark place and she's alone. She's the only Jew. There's like 90 other people there and they're all not Jewish. And she wrote me a letter and she wrote me a poem. But at the end of the poem, she wrote something she wrote something that is probably the best line it is not probably it is the best line I've ever heard or read in my life she wrote the following when you're in a very dark place and you think you're being buried really you're being planted whoa again for all those who didn't hop when you're in a very dark place and you think you're being buried, you're not. You're being planted. It's coming from a girl who's all alone by herself. A Jewish soul can never be destroyed. She turned it around. And it's very true because from our pain comes our gain. So from what you went through, you're able to grow. So from when you think you're being buried in the ground, imagine a seed. If a seed could think, oh my God, what is this guy doing? He made a hole. He put me in the hole. What is he doing? And now he covered it with dirt. Oh my gosh, he buried me. Wrong, silly plant, silly seed. There's going to be a big tree come from you. And then there's going to be many apples. And they're all going to have seeds. And there will be many more apples. And before you know it, there's going to be an orchard. And you thought when it first started that I was burying you. Same thing. Shemayim, you think Hashem is burying you. He's doing to you just the opposite. He's putting you to a place where you could grow. She wrote it. I didn't write it to her. She wrote it to me. So now it took over my best line. My best, my favorite line ever was written by Abraham Lincoln. I mean, I'm not, in Torah there's much better lines. I'm just saying, in the English world, what Abraham Lincoln wrote, he wrote, people mourn that roses have thorns 
And others celebrate that thorns have roses. It's Abraham Lincoln. That was my favorite saying. Now it's gone. Just when you think you're being buried, you're being planted. God, why am I telling you this? Because this is the story of Rus. And the story of David Amalek, and it's late. So we started late, so I'm not going to have time to go into David Amalek tonight. But I want to talk a little bit about being in a dark place. So we have to understand, and we're going to spend a couple of weeks on this. We have to understand. We read Rus, and you're in a rush, and you can't wait till the guy finishes. Why do we really read Rus on on uh, why do we really read Rus on Shavuos? So some of the Tamim and Hagam, some of the reasons that I brought, because her name was Rus, and Rus equals six hundred and six. She was a non-Jew. She had seven mitzvahs. So becoming a Jew, she had to add six hundred and six. That's her name. And if you take Hashem's name and you add it to Rus, which is a hey, Hashem is hey, you have Torah. That's the reason Talmud Hagim everyone brings down. So one very brilliant boy raised his hand many years ago. Said Rabbi Wallenstein, that means that if her name was Miriam, we wouldn't read it. <laughs> even though she's the great grandmother of Dovah Melech, even though she went through everything she did, right? Her name's Miriam. Doesn't the whole Torah hey and the whole six hundred six don't work? So, Rebbe, you're telling me that if her name was other than Rush, we wouldn't read it. We'd read it anyway. So, what's the real reason that we read Rush? <laughs> what? Torah Why can't you say the other way? That's why his name was Rush. Oh. Doesn't all stick. Don't you like the way he thinks? <laughs> it goes the other way. Right. Because that was her source. Yeah. Who named the Rus? What? Really? Is that what it says? Who, you think she had she had the name Rus from uh, from 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 Moab? Hmm. I never asked that question before. Orpa. But you still have Nashimo Avios. Shema Echad Orpa. Shema Shane is Rus. So maybe Ruth wasn't a Jewish name. It only became a Jewish name because she became Jewish. But it's, it's, the, it's the three letters of Torah. Anyone who's watching this, I'd like you to tell me, is Ruth a Jewish name or did it become Jewish because she became Jewish? And if it is a Jewish name, why would the king of Moab give her a Jewish name? Maybe her husband gave her the name when she got married to him. He wanted to give her, even though she wasn't Jewish, he wanted to give her a Jewish name. I don't know. I never asked this question. It just came up. So send me an email if you know if Ruth was her name really or she had a different name, a different Moabi name. Well, you passed the question by Basi also. What? You passed the question of the, the Turkals Basia, Basi in the part of the part of the people. We're now about Moshe. Moshe well, Moshe, we know who gave her the name. Gave her the Ooh. name. Batya. Basi gave her him the name? Yeah, of course. Did? No, Basi, or did Basi really give him an Egyptian name and somehow it was? No, no, that is the, the Egyptian. He had a Hebrew name. He had Tuvia. He had other names. Right. The Egyptian name was Moshe. Mm-hmm. Now that became a Jewish name. Right. So Bakken did the same thing. It could be. It could be. I don't know. I don't know. Where do we look it up? If I knew that, I would know the answer. It seems to be according to according to the way it's written 
One name was Arpa, one name was Ruth. So it seems to be that was their names. And Rashi says, they were the children of Egro Melech Moab. As one Bita, one daughter married Machlon, and Amamar Rus Bita Shal Eglin Hoysa. I don't know. It's Machlon from here, her name was Rus. And she became a Jew. And the other girl's name was Arpa. Arpa is not a Jewish name. So if they were given a Jewish name, they would have given them both Jewish names. Okay. Supposedly. Some homework. What? Supposedly, the etymology of the name has something to do with the Rebus. Yes. Rus. Rebus. Like, like friendliness. The etymology of her name is it equaled 606 and she was macabre that. I'm just saying what Google says. Right. <laughs> oh, you Googled it? Oh, yeah, okay. But here, listen to this, boys. If you win into becoming Giyaris... Rus stands for the 606. If she wouldn't become a girl, okay, we don't know. I don't know. It, I, I would think that it doesn't say anywhere here that they had a name and it was changed, so this has been their name. Okay, not, not that important. So the question is, what's going on over here? Why do we have her? And why did I read you that poem? The lesson of Rus. The lesson of Matan Torah. Hashem gave the Torah on the smallest mountain. All the other mountains wanted, you all know this since you're little boys. All the other mountains wanted the Torah. Hashem gave it to the mountain that didn't ask for it. He, it was, according to some of Farshim, it was mamish like a, a sand dune. It wasn't even a mountain. It wasn't even a mountain. It was just like a lump, a bump in, in, in the desert. It was a very small mountain. The reason Hashem did that was to teach all of us in this room and you don't have to be big and great and famous to be Makabal the Torah. The furthest from being the mother of the Malchus of Kaisro, for Rus was called Emma Malchus, the furthest you could find a girl that could be the great grandmother of David Amalek, and from her would come a Shiach. You'd have to go, if I told you, find me the furthest girl, the furthest one millionth of a half a percent possibility that this girl should be Emma Malchus, would be the daughter of the king of Moab. What Hashem wants to teach us is that you don't have to be who knows what, with who knows what kind of hijos, if you're Jewish, you have a Jewish soul, the end of the day, you can be Makam the Torah. Just like everybody else. I told you a story. I have a girl who was looking for a shidduch. And her parents were divorced. Her brother went totally off the derech. And she came to a shachin. And not all shachinim are, are so nice. And she came to a shachin and she brought a resume. She put a resume down. Father, mother, divorced. The Shaka knew about the boy, that this guy was off the derech. Pretty little bit of a, you know, so she told the girl, you know, I really only do like normal shiduchim, which is not a nice thing to say to anyone, but I do normal shiduchim. 
you have a lot of baggage. I don't know if I could find you a boy. I'll try, but it's not a simple thing. There are other shachanim that do, you know, problem shiduchim. She told her, straight up. I'll see what I can do. She takes the paper and puts it underneath all the resumes. So this girl turns to the shachan and says, if you find me a boy, you can tell him I have baggage, but tell him it's designer baggage. It's Louis Vuitton. There's no such thing as a Jewish person that cannot be Makal Vitar. It doesn't matter where you come from, who you are, what you've done. Baruch Hu took a girl from the furthest place. In fact, Kleistro fought Moavia Velo Moavia till Yishai. They didn't stop fighting. They kept saying, Boaz Paskin Rome, Boaz Paskin Rome. Look, he died the next morning. Boaz Paskin Rome. They were fighting the whole time. They didn't accept her even in the end. Hashem went to the end of the earth to Moab. Where did he come from? Where did Moab come from? Lot had two daughters. He went into a cave. The daughters thought that the world was destroyed. There were no more men. There were no more women. There were no more children. They looked out of the cave and they saw Sodom and Amara. They saw it smoking. It was destroyed. It was gone. It was over. They said, the end of the world, we have to have children. We have to start the world. They're like, Noach. So they got their father drunk. And the first night, the oldest one went with the father. She became pregnant. And she named that child Moav. Me'avi. This child is from my father. And the second one didn't name him Moab. He named him Amal. So they asked Akasha, why would she do that? Why would she have her son, her child walking around pretty much saying, I'm a mamzer? Why would she name him like that? At least hide it. And the answer is that she knew that someone might say that she got pregnant from God. There's a whole religion like that. So she told everyone, may of thee. No miracle angel stories. What is it called? The um, pregnancy? No immaculate conception. May of thee. She didn't do it from a bad place. She did it from a good place. So everywhere she went, she said, no, this kid is may of thee. Guys, look, look where Mashiach comes from. Look where Malchus Kleisfeld comes from. Look where David Amalek comes from. What is going on here? From that? From Moab? And the Territ says, yeah. Hashem's like, it can come from anywhere. Every person has that Kayach. Every person has, has that ability. It came from Chesed, yes. She did it 100% L'Shem Shemayim. There was no Toma there. She did it 100% L'Shem Shemayim. But Lamaisa, it's asked, why why like that? And the terrorist was that the Satan is always looking for his nemesis. He's always looking for Mashiach. And he's always looking for who's going to be pregnant with the great, great, great. He was never going to look there. So Mashiach came into the world in a way that he didn't even dream about. And it brings down, I saw the Zaya that says that the Mashiach that we're going to have, Mashiach, 
he doesn't know that he's Mashiach till he's 40. It's not revealed to him. And that he's also going to come from a place that nobody expects. Everyone thinks it's going to be nobody expects. But the lesson, the lesson, the lesson is that no one's too small to be Makalatar. So therefore, Rus has to be read, read on the holiest day on Shavuos when we got to Torah. Look, there's a girl, a Moavi girl that the boys actually threw. We'll learn about it next week or two weeks. Where they threw him over, threw her over the fence. They judged her. They threw her over the fence because they said you're a Moavi girl. Why are you collecting like that? And Hashem says, read this for all my Jewish kids, for all my Jewish people. Read this on Shavuos. So the marriage of Klayshvul to Hashem. Hashem says, you can be married to me, and you can be married to me. Yeah, but I don't even know how to learn. I don't even know how to read. I don't even know that. My parents are divorced. My parents aren't religious. Hashem's like, you're not worse than Rus. None of you are from Moab. So don't give up on yourself. You're not worse than Rus. You can be Makalotar. She can be Makalotar. She said, Amech Ami, your nation is my nation. Your God is my God. Anyone who says that can be the Aim Hamalchus. Where you go, I go. Hashem, you're my Hashem. Your nation is my nation. God, where you go, I go. Someone like that had a David Amalek, and we're going to talk about the DNA that David Amalek stood up. He was a little short kid. He was a Nar, he was an Admoni, a little redhead kid. And he stood up to the biggest giant, the biggest giant that, that every other Jew, even the best soldiers of Shaul, ran when they saw him. Where did that come from? Where did he have that DNA from? Little guy. It's a big deal. I, I, I killed a bear and a lion at the same time, and I saved the sheep that was in their mouth. <laughs> he added that. When he went to show, he said, and, and I learned, it's not for tonight's shit, but I learned a very big lesson from that. He came to show and he said, I'm not scared of this guy. I killed a lion and a bear, and I took the sheep out of their mouth alive. What he was saying is, it's not good enough to be a melech. It's not good enough to kill the enemy. You have to save the person. You have to save the person. You kill the enemy and you let the per- you have to save the person. The, the lesson is that it's not just enough to to break the Yitzhahara. You got to save yourself. You, you, it's not just enough to kill the enemy. You, you have to save yourself also. You have to grow. In AA, and I have nothing against AA, being sober, I just had this discussion with a girl tonight that came to my house that, that's in an ashram, a Jewish girl that's never in an ashram with, you know, Buddhists and gurus, and she said there's a lot of Jewish people there, whatever. And she's meditating, and she's meditating, and they don't eat any meat, and the whole thing. And I said, she, she's going out to meditate 10 hours a day. You, you sit, you're not allowed to move. If your nose itches, you can't move your hands. You have to go in yourself so much that you can actually feel the blood in your body moving. It's like crazy, crazy, crazy meditation. You get so in contact, you said, 10 hours. I can't sit for two minutes. 10 hours, you're not allowed to move. And they don't move. 10 hours. I said, and? She goes, what do you mean, and? And? So now you're in touch with yourself. And? What are you doing? What are you doing with that? So, oh, what do you mean? I'm like, so now you're in touch with that. So what's the next step? Like, are you building, are you finding a cure to cancer? 
Are you finding a cure to cancer? Are you building buildings? Are you becoming a doctor? Are you going to college? No, I'm meditating. I'm like, and? And, and then what? You got to do something with it. So, he killed the bear and the lion, but he also made sure that he saved, that he saved. That was, that was, that was the, that was that was the leader. He told it to Shaul, he said. Now I killed them both, but if I would have lost, that's the leader. If I would have lost one sheep, so even though I killed the both of them, I sort of, I sort of lost this fight. That was also Moshe Rabbeinu. I had, he had a whole shepherd, a whole flock, and one left. Okay, well, one left, right? Where did it start? Anyone here know where it started? Where did it start? Who said that? Who's the first one to say that? Come on, boys. Who's the first one to say that? No. To say that um, I didn't lose one. I never lost one. Which Abenu said, right? He said, one is too much. One is too many. That's a leader. Not in a school where, okay, well, 15 of our graduates, you know, 15 out of 18 did well. Three, okay, you know, we're losers. It's too much. Oh, one kid committed suicide. What's, you know, the numbers, the numbers, people. There's no such thing as a leader. There's no such thing as numbers. One is too much. So there was one other person, Moshe Rabbeinu said, I went back for one, Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu told Lavan, I stayed up nights, I took you a sheep, you never lost a sheep. Now you don't realize, because you're not shepherds, but it's very hard not to lose a sheep. A wolf, coyotes, a mountain lion, you, you got a flock, it's very hard not to, not to lose a sheep. Darmel said to Shaul, I didn't lose one. I took him out of the guy's mouth. Moshe Beno said, I didn't lose one. I went back and I carried him on my shoulder. Yaakov Edo told Lavan, I didn't lose one. I stayed up night and day. I took care of your flock. I didn't lose one. The leaders of Klai Yisrael, the real leaders, Yaakov, Moshe, David, right? The real leaders of Klai Yisrael. One, too many. The problem is, everyone has numbers today. How many numbers, how many kids did you say? Well, if it's your kid, right, then then that's enough. There's not just thing as a number when it's your child. So Hashem, everyone in Clydesville is their child. I had this, I was raising money and we were doing a thing in the mountains, a bowling thing, and um, I got some people from Flatbush together. We needed $36,000 to, to rent Kayanisha Lanes. And um, they had all these Askanim, rich guys around, and we were going in front of them. I was pitching my thing, there were other people pitching other things. Went into the summer, so I got up and said, I need $36,000. It's eight weeks. From 11 to 3 o'clock, we have the bowling alley, we have pizza, the girls will be protected. At 3 o'clock, there's no more parties, pretty much, for them to go. I thought I did a pretty good speech. And one of the guys sitting there, Big Macher, very rich guy, he's a big Macher, says, Right, Wallstein, how many girls could you, you want $36,000, how many girls could you say that you saved? Did you know that you say that? Maybe. I said, mm, one. He said, he turns around to all of them and he says, you see? See, this is the problem. Do you know how much, what we could do with $36,000? $36,000 for one kid, it's not worth it. One kid, 36, better, better to give 1000 to 36 kids than $36,000 for one kid. I said to him, but... If you knew who this girl was, you wouldn't be talking like that. She's very chashev. He says, are you allowed to tell us the name? I said, sure. He says, who was it? It was your daughter. What? 
and they all all of them were looking at him. He like turned white. I'm like, just kidding. <laughs> True story. This guy got so angry and said, I don't want your money. If one doesn't make sense, one's not worth thirty-six thousand dollars. You're saving one Jewish kid. I don't want you as a partner in what I do. And I walked out. I didn't get one dollar. I walked out. Bye bye. He doesn't talk to me to this day. It's already seven years. <laughs> one? If it's your kid? One? $36,000? Your kid? $180,000. Two hundred. No, there's no limit. So Hashem, looking for a leader, if you're, if you're a Rebbe in a class, if you're a Rosh Hashiva of a Yeshiva, you're running a school, don't give me, we're successful with 80% of our kids, you're not a leader. Not a leader. Darmel said, I took it out of his mouth. I could have let it go. I killed them both and I took it out of his mouth. One sheep is too many. Moshe Meno, one sheep is too many. Shem made those the leaders of Israel. Because every person has to think that that kid is your child. And if that kid is your child, money has no limits. I know people who do not have food on their table. They're, they're rebbies. They're, they're making $40,000 a year. And they're a kid try to kill themselves, and they're in a psych ward, and they need to go to Utah to the Mormons, and it's a 12-month program, and it's 150 to 180,000 a year. And they're like, ah, we can't do this. And they don't take insurance. It's all private pay. And every single one of those people found an uncle and an aunt and a rabbi and a friend and borrowed and scratched because their kids their kids try to kill them. We have to get her better. My kids, my life's on the line. They don't have food. They paid one hundred and eighty thousand dollars to the Mormons. Why? It's their kid. There's no such thing. There's no such number. There's no such number. Matter of fact, a bit. If someone has a child who has cancer, and there's one company that has the medicine that will absolutely for sure heal them, or not for sure. No, not for sure. Sixty percent chance. Fifty percent chance. A chance. Is there an amount of money? No amount of money. They will borrow. They will collect. They will stay up all night, go house to house. It's my child. I can't let him die because of money. That's that's a leader. That was Dovin Melech. And you'll see when I learn when we learn Shmuel how he told that to Shalom. He could have just told him. We've been pretty cool. And I killed the lion and the bear at the same time. And you say, I mean, the, the least important part of the comment is. And I saved the sheep. Who really cares? You killed a... You, no, no, but when you listen to it... He, imagine a guy would walk in here, right? He, he was... Um, how would I even explain it? How would I even explain it? i got to give you a good marshal. A guy would walk in here... I don't know how to explain it. I have to come up with a good marshal. A guy walks in... I, I, I was in the mountains... And, 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 and I got attacked... By a snake, and at the same time, this bear came out of the woods. They both attacked me. I, 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 I killed the, the, he says it with his bare hands. I killed the bear with my bare hands, and then I ripped the snake's head off. By the way, on the way up the mountain, I had, there was a pet cat of one of the people. I saved the cat too. <laughs> All right. We don't really care about the cat. That's a crazy story. Let's hear about the bear. How'd you do that, right? He was telling Shaw that the sheep means something too. It's a very important lesson to all of us. And you will see as we learn the DNA of Rus, how it went from Rus into Dabaranah. And the bottom line is that's what Hashem is saying. What this girl wrote 
is what Hashem is saying. At the end of the day, no matter how dark, no matter how deep, no matter how far you're falling, you're doing every whatever how far you're falling, right? You could either be buried, I am buried under all this klipa and averas and tumah, I am buried so deep, I'll never get out of here. Or you could flip it and say, I am buried, I'm not buried, I'm deep, but I'm planted. Now I'm going to start to grow. It's, it's, it's that switch in the mind. And, and that's what Hashem says here. Hashem says, Mekabal the Torah. Torah is not Mekabal Tumor. You know that? Torah is not Mekabal Tumor. If you're Mekabal the Torah, it doesn't matter where you are, you're not buried. You are planted. And this thought just came into my head. It's a one second thought. That this girl just sent me this, this email. Because Hashem took the mountain and he covered us with it. Kafalem Harkigigas, he buried us. Right? And he said, if you don't not Torah, he buried us. But no, what really happened is we got planted that day and we became Amisra. We should be Zaycha to grow and grow and grow and grow and be Makabal Torah Mitzvah Hashem once again this year. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.